0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of Save Station Report. Of course, this is our off week podcast where we tell you about the games that we've been playing recently and give our opinions on some news. And maybe if we have time, talk about a broader, more interesting topic. Uh, I am your normal co host, Dustin, and with me is my other normal co host, Connor. Hello there. How's it going?
1: Oh, it's going well. We got a lot of. A lot of great PlayStation news this week.
0: Oh, the news is... We got, we got too much news. It's overflowing with news. Uh, overflowing with news despite the fact that we will not be covering <laughs> the Nintendo Direct that happened last week or the State of Play, because we already covered those earlier in the feed, and it still feels like we have a ton. Just so much happened, so I'm excited to get to that. But first, why don't we talk about what we've been playing. Do you want to kick us off?
1: um yeah sure i've um I, last time i believe i was saying i was playing um rayman legends is that what it's called yes sorry my memory is a little spotty but the um yeah i was playing that and then uh mario 3d world came out and i got kind of I played a bunch of that, and then I got super burnt out on platformers after that, you know, (laughs) playing five Sonic games and then two platformers plus some other stuff in between. Got a little burnt out, so I decided to switch hard into RPGs, and one of the ones that I started um, was Xenoblade Chronicles on Switch,
0: the definitive edition. Real quick before you get to this, did you make it to one of the music levels in Rayman?
1: Uh, Yes, I believe I did three of them
0: okay nice nice they're so good yeah they're very good okay Xenoblade
1: yeah Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is the one that I'm playing um I picked this up on a whim because I heard you know good things about it I have been recently getting into RPGs now that you know Final Fantasy 7 Remake got me back into them and this one it's really interesting I'm enjoying it so far I'm about probably close to 20 hours in um which i know is not very far <laughs> i expect it to be like 60 to 80 hours but it does a lot of really interesting things with its setting and its characters that i don't see a lot um its setting takes place on this entire this ginormous creature <laughs> so like every location is like a different part of its body as you go it's long dead but like you get to kind of see that progression as you climb to the top. Um, and then there's a couple of moments of the story where I feel like I was expecting some anime tropes to pop in where, you know, it's like, oh, the old mentor character is going to die off early in the game. So you, and It's like, no, he doesn't. And he just gets to tag along with you and, um, you know, your best bud instead of being like, oh, well, this is, you're much better than me. He's like, no, this is great. You just work together and... Um, that was kind of refreshing to see especially since i was expecting a lot less from this story um and then you know the monster designs are great as a lot of rpgs are so um enjoying it so far the gameplay is about what i would expect from like an mmorpg where you're just basically waiting for your cooldowns to end and then using your abilities at the right time um which I feel like has a possibility to get dull, so I'm hoping that doesn't isn't the case. But um, positive, the uh, positive impressions, first impressions with this
0: one. That's nice to hear. How is? And I, admittedly, I didn't start really paying attention to the series till two, and I have not played one. Um, I'm intrigued because people say they're very good. The things that have kept me away from two, and I'm asking um, if this game does this stuff how are the character designs because i felt like legitimately it's one of those things where i looked at the characters in two and was like these guys look stupid (laughs) which probably isn't fair but it was my first impression of the game do these characters look cool or do they kind of
1: they look i think they look pretty cool they don't look as generic anime as i feel like a lot of designs could be um specifically for the male characters i feel like they have enough um variety that it's you know just variety in in their designs not diversity they're all pretty white which is annoying but other than that i feel like they're varied enough um the there is that sort of shitty trope of like the all the female characters being really weirdly sexual it's like i didn't need that
0: yeah that's Um, like even that um Who's the one, the Smash Brothers character that just got announced? Uh, Pyra. Her design, I'm like, oh man, you're just like kind of a half-naked woman. Which like, you know, like if you want to make that, that's fine. But when it's my first impression, I'm like, okay, I get what you're doing here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was really annoying when I equipped a new armor and then it's like these padded leggings except her entire ass is out. And I'm like, can you not? Uh, Thankfully, this game does the great thing where you can have an armor equipped and then you can change what is displayed as armor so if an armor is ugly as sin you can keep its stats but then replace it with something that looks better
0: oh nice that's always so she's
1: wearing a normal tank top and shorts and not whatever fucking nonsense they give her
0: nice um and and, you know it's not i'm not telling anybody they should be ashamed of like things like that it's just like my first impression of that is like okay (laughs) i'm gonna back away but um, it's, it's been one that I've had some curiosity over. Also, the other thing, looking at 2 specifically, my impressions of it, it always came across, like, looking at literally any footage of that game, like, UI barf, like, all over the screen, and I find it indecipherable. <laughs> How does this one handle that? Like, there's just, like, footage of 2, it's just, like, meters and icons all over the screen, and I can't tell what it's supposed to be what, or... It just looks so confusing and unnecessarily complicated.
1: Um, I feel like my comparison to an MMORPG is like kind of spot on the more I think about it, because a lot of those MMORPGs do that as well, where it's just like UI nonsense constantly, and... The way people are able to even play those is that a lot of that just gets tuned out and you already know what it's gonna say so it's not like you're looking for everything it's like whatever you just get one brief glimpse at it i feel like this game does some of that especially with its like um like buffs and debuffs showing up but a lot of the time i find it not too bad um the screen can look a little cluttered but um i think it does a good job of introducing new mechanics slow enough that you by the time that like a bunch more show up you've already tuned out the last group so you're not overwhelmed
0: okay that's good to hear um i have also been playing an rpg i have been playing uh i this week i finished up assassin's creed valhalla um at 93 hours <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've been on that one for a while
0: oh boy um yeah uh, and i gotta be honest i'm a little bummed i think my impressions from last week have not changed much like i don't think it's a bad game but i think it it's so it it's just too long Honestly, it's way too long. It does not need to be 93 hours long. And 93 hours, I stopped doing side stuff halfway through, which turned out to be a negative for me because I had to grind for the last section uh, to be able to play it, which was frustrating. But yeah, it's um, it's too much. I, I didn't even do... There's like a prominent side quest chain um, that I won't spoil it for people, but I didn't even bother with it because I didn't want to because it was kind of boring. Um, which I don't think helped. But if I had done it, it would have extended the gameplay even longer. Um, yeah, I just, I kind of left that game, like, a, a little bombed. I really hope that they kind of rethink that series again. Um, I, I, think part of Valhalla's problem is it's very repetitious. It's, um, it's interesting. I kind of described it last time. It's, it's set up into arcs and there are like 20 different arcs, which is like not a terrible idea, but the issue with it is the arcs all kind of start to blur together and feel the exact the exact same thing. Like, you'll go into a territory, find out what their problems are, um, assist them with their problems, and they all end in, like, a big castle raid. And it's like, oh, this is just the same thing over and over again. And, like, I think it just made that game feel so long. Um, I think it's got some really cool stuff. It has an amazing sci-fi, like like bit towards the end that is like honestly pretty incredible and I really like it and I would love to describe it to you maybe like so I won't spoil it for people but um after that it kind of peters out I think like, like you do that bit and then there's still like five hours of gameplay left and that five hours isn't that interesting unfortunately it's um the modern day stuff as a lot with these Assassin's Creed games is like ridiculous to the point of silliness which is fine except this game is so long that once you get there it's just kind of disappointing um it, it just has such a like a, here's a minor spoiler um the whole game you were taking over england right Your vikings you're taking it over for your clan making it safe for you to come over taking it from the the saxons um which is pretty good and like uh, th- King Alfred is a major figure in it, and they do a really good job of making him a sniveling asshole. Like, he's such a a, a dickhead, and he like, is constantly calling you pagans and, you know, pushing the word of God or whatever onto them, and it, it, he's a good villain. The ending of that game doesn't let you kill him through the main story. It puts it behind a bunch of side shit you have to continue playing. And by that point, I was like, "I'm done," and I really wanted to kill him because that would have been cool and satisfying. And the game just doesn't let you by the end of the story, which is so unsatisfying and such. It just leaves such a bad taste in my mouth. Um, like so you're saying, I know, it kind
1: of just feels bloated.
0: Yeah, no, totally. It just like like there's so many things to do in that game, but like it doesn't funnel you, it very well to you. It just it's just too much um and it really needed an editor honestly it just needed an editor to come in and be like no no you can cut all this stuff out we can make this a 40 to 50 hour game and it will be much more enjoyable um and it's a shame too because i spent 100 hours in odyssey the game before this and even though i didn't like that mean that game's main story either i still liked that game a lot and i have fond memories of that game so like it's not even the main story just being disappointing it's just this game is so repetitious it just doesn't work and it's it's a shame um so i I hope the next one they they do a better job on but yeah ac valhalla kind of a miss for me some some cool stuff in there you know i don't want to trash it all like there's some cool story elements i do think the viking clan stuff works for me um i liked the relationships there those were really cool and a lot of the minor side characters too were really interesting but yeah, it's just I don't know, overall I just felt like it didn't have to be as long as it was.
1: Alright, well. Uh hopeful for the next one though.
0: Yeah, we'll 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 see. It's got DLC planned, I don't know. I have not played Assassin's Creed DLC since like Black Flag. <laughs> so I'll probably end up skipping this one too, but maybe if it gets good reviews I'll I'll look back into it. Maybe they'll they'll address some stuff there. But I want to hear about Hilux.
1: Yes, so I said I was pivoting hard into RPGs. I also played through all of Hilux 1, which is, you know, only about like a three-hour game, so it's not bad. Uh, And then I think I'm about halfway done with Hilux 2 at the moment. And Hilux, if you didn't know, was a rpg maker game by mason lindroth who's a stop-motion claymation uh animator and he makes some really bizarre clay creatures and makes them just move in these mesmerizing ways and hilux one is a i mean pretty simple it's rpg maker but even beyond that it doesn't have any like respawning enemies all the enemies are finite so there's a pretty um straightforward progression and like leveling there's not really a whole lot but the the core gameplay keeps it going for the three hours and I found it pretty interesting just seeing what kind of weird stuff is going on um but once you get into Hilux 2 the it's fully 3d and it's like a much longer game and by much longer I mean like three times as long which is like six hours um but, I mean, it's really impressive what he was able to pull off with the sort of 3D claymated models and then being able to animate them in digitally while doing the models practically. Um, it's it's really impressive to look at. The soundtrack is also phenomenal for Hylix 2. And the um, actual RPG battling is like some of the toughest i've played so far there's it really really wants you to just burn a bunch of those really powerful spells on every little encounter (laughs) rather than you know just save it for the boss or just blow through a bunch of small encounters like every single encounter is as difficult as any other encounter including boss fights so Hmm. you'll be burning like powerful spells healing items mana items all of that constantly um, which is fine because it gives you plenty of money and then plenty of items when you defeat enemies. So you shouldn't really, really run out of items, but um, it takes a lot more like strategy and planning your turns out rather than just you know basic hit all the weak enemies, fight the boss and be higher level than it. Like once again, enemies are finite, so you can't just power level. Um, you have to think about all of the strategy you're going to. Implement as you go fight each enemy. Um, Really cool idea for a turn based RPG, a genre that's been heavily, heavily explored. Um, It does a cool thing with charging where you can level up how powerful the charge up spell is, and then the charge up spell will then give new abilities to some of your other spells. So you have to waste a turn charging, but then you can unleash a more powerful spell, um, and then you can level that up as you go. And this is um,
0: a lot of turn-based, correct? I don't think that was said. Yes, turn based it is games. a turn-based oh,
1: RPG. Yeah. Um, but super cool. I'm enjoying Hilux 2 a lot. Um, Hilux 1, I would definitely give a huge recommendation if you like those weird RPG maker games. It's like dirt cheap. Hilux 2 is a little more expensive, but there's a lot more like work and time and love and care put into it. Um, so definitely worth that and the soundtrack is definitely worth a listen it's very very
0: good um yeah um these these games have an awesome aesthetic and style I only know them from watching uh Nitro Rad's review on them they're not you know they're not really for me so i kind of skipped out on them but like they have a, such a cool look um the claymation like reminds me of do you remember like Nickelodeon's like weird transition stuff
1: hmm vaguely
0: where they'd be like it'd be like some dumb little song and then some like the nickelodeon logo would do just weird shit or whatever like
1: yeah yeah okay
0: like they kind of give me that vibe where they're kind of where they're a little gross but they're also super cool (laughs) you know what i mean
1: yeah it definitely has that vibe to it
0: yeah there's probably something better (laughs) some better touchstone to that um before we move on i do want to clarify assassin's creed because i'm worried i totally like. You know, to be clear, the King Alfred stuff, um, about him being the final target that you get to go kill after the story stuff, I don't know if that's the case for sure, I'm making assumptions based on how the assassination list goes in that game, so to be clear, that was kind of not really a spoiler, (laughs) in case anybody's worried about that, I'm just making assumptions about what the game will have you do, um, because if that's not the case, by the way, totally fuck that game, that's really annoying, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure it is, um, yeah. So just to clarify, in case anybody was worried about that, uh, ooh, let's, uh, let's. Why don't you talk about your last game before we talk about the next game because we both played it. So talk about your experience with with good old good old Metroid.
1: Yeah, I mainly just put this on here. I started playing Metroid Zero Mission again, but I mainly put this on here to talk about the way I'm playing it because I'm playing it off of the um, VBA GX. A Game Boy Advance emulator for the Nintendo Wii I finally got around to getting my broken Wii, the disc drive doesn't work I finally got around to um, homebrewing it to play you know, whatever nonsense I want to throw at it now so, man I gotta tell you, playing Game Boy Advance games on a TV instead of a tiny Game Boy Advance screen with a tiny Game Boy Advance controller feels great
0: Right. Hypothetically.
1: Yeah, so Metroid Zero Mission is obviously already one of my favorite games of all time. It's like second best Metroid game, in my opinion, second to Metroid Prime. Um, But man, playing it on a TV (laughs) with a GameCube controller rather than the tiny screen, super great. Um, I was also able to, with the homebrew, get some of those abandoned WiiWare games that like You can't legally buy anymore because they're just the Wii shop channels taken down so i was able yeah i was able to download castlevania the adventure rebirth and the two final fantasy crystal chronicles games uh, my life as a king and my life as a dark lord so uh super cool to have those um homebrewing was a little bit of an experience but is definitely um cool there's tons of resources out there that were super helpful so Big ups to the community on that one. Um, someday I'll get the disk drive fixed and then actually get into like playing hacks on there. But for right now, it's it's cool to have a Game Boy player that doesn't cost a bazillion dollars. Right.
0: Um, I have a weird memory with those Final Fantasy games. I um, One of them, I can't remember which one, I bet it was whatever the first one was. Um, My Life is a King. That was the game that taught me that... You could make something look prestigious and, like, premium that isn't necessarily that. Do you know what I mean? Like, through how it's presented, you can make it look like something more than it is. Because um, this was, like, I was young enough not to be, like, paying attention to reviews and stuff like that. So I, I had my Wii connected to the internet. And this was, like, I had to, like, pay my parents for uh, points cards to build to buy games. yeah back uh, in that day final fantasy was always like super expensive compared to everything else and it was just like it just had like nice pictures and so i think i assumed it was really cool and i bought it and i just remember being super disappointed because i was like i don't know what this is i don't get what i'm supposed to do it's like a weird simulator game right like you
1: yeah you don't actually do the adventuring you kind of hang out the town and build the town up as the adventurers bring stuff
0: right it was just like, it was just a moment for me where I'm like, oh, just because something's more expensive than everything else doesn't mean it's necessarily better. It was just a weird, weird thing. Um,
1: yeah, I hear from what it is nowadays that it's actually like pretty neat
0: and... Oh, I'm sure. This is my like dumb kid brain. Who, like. You <laughs> yeah, know, but was it was the main reason why I got it.
1: And also the fact that you can't legally just buy it and download it anymore kind of made it like, oh, well, I could just, you know, get it this way.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, that's really interesting. I, I can't wait to hear about it. And you're totally right about the GBA thing. They need to release more GBA games. They look nice. And that, that's a system that's weirdly been kind of left behind. Uh, I guess unless you're Pokemon.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Pokemon.
0: Let's talk about the big one, then. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. We've both been playing it you yes. mentioned you were kind of sick of platformers did you finish it
1: i did not finish the main 3d world i did 100 bowser's fury
0: okay same exact same um working my way through 3d world i i guess i'll start with that one personally i feel the same way about that game i did when it first came out which is it's a pretty good game i don't love it like i like it but don't love it you know what i mean
1: yeah that's completely fair
0: um it's 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 good I find um I find there's weird perspective issues in that game where I just feel like I will jump and not make the jump I thought I could um don't know if that's just on me or the game I don't know but I don't feel that way with Mario Galaxy or even 64 even though I promised that game too but like like it, it just feels a lot more imprecise than other platformers for some reason um but it's still fine um I think my biggest problem with that game is I am a person who wants to explore. This game has collectibles. I want to be able to find all those collectibles before I finish the level. Um, but these levels are also timed, and I feel like that runs in direct opposition to the collectibles, and I just hate it because <laughs> it always ends in the clock counting down. I have to race to get to the end, get to the end, and then immediately jump back into the level to explore some more. It just, to me, comes across as a hindrance rather than a fun gameplay design thing. And yeah, I... the
1: timer definitely feels unnecessary. The levels are so ridiculously short though that i find you know replaying a level two or three times to find collectibles isn't too bad
0: it's not Um, too bad but it feels unnecessary like why
1: yeah yeah i feel like the main issue when collecting a bunch of stuff is when they start like when there's a stamp that you have to be playing as princess peach to hit the switch for or you have to have a cat power up to get to this ledge and it doesn't quite give you one beforehand like i find that stuff really annoying but yep i mean the game's the game's fun enough i think the switch version especially is better because it's a lot faster and they added some more moves that you can pull off some sort of cheeky stuff with um the best being the dive. I find that really satisfying to pull off where you can do the Mario Odyssey thing where you can ground pound and then wall jump and then dive back onto the top of the wall. <laughs> I was able to exploit the level design a little bit that way, but... Um, all in all, you know, I also played multiplayer online with this one. Oof.
0: How did um,
1: that go? It was, it was pretty fun. The It stuttered a little bit, but nothing too bad to... It didn't, like, result in death or whatever. Um, it's just that this game isn't really... Sometimes it feels like it's not built with multiplayer in mind.
0: To any of the Mario games, it's so confusing to me why they keep pushing that when multiplayer... It just seems so unappealing to me. <laughs> like, I Yeah,
1: multiplayer in 3D world is chaotic when you're trying to do precise things because you're going to bump into the other players or... The sprint button is the same button as the grab button, so you'll just grab your other players randomly. Um there's Here's the thing,
0: it seems like it'd be really fun for the first two worlds and then like you'd never want to play it again after that. Like yeah, once well, you started then... needing more precise movement, it just seems like hell.
1: That is true. There's also moments where the camera just does not know know how to function. Like, if two players get far enough away from each other, it just can't make up its mind which player it wants to focus on. So it just jitters in the middle, weirdly, um, which can be really annoying. Uh, You could do some fun stuff with two-player. I played this with my sibling, and we were able to get some where you can, like, grab grab the other player and then at the right time just throw them to get some up to a higher ledge to get a collectible that's really satisfying to pull off but it seems like the game wasn't really
0: built around it yeah i i, I agree um It also i don't know for me it has the problem of like it just doesn't live up to its former video games or it doesn't live up to the galaxy games um for me 3d land which i replayed in anticipation for this on 3ds is like that game never bothered me because it was a 3ds game playing a game like that on consoles it was just disappointing at the time and of course looking back on it it's not that big of a deal but like i just feel like that sort of portable design which you know i guess it's a switch game so it could be portable if you want but it just doesn't feel satisfying to me like i want meteor experiences which luckily we have through bowser's fury (laughs) which i think is awesome I think is... Um, what a great thing to... First of all, I guess... The first thing I would say... Bowser's Fury makes this re-release worth it to me. It makes it worth $60. It's a great way to add value. And I... I it's so... Nintendo with the re-releases can be really frustrating. Because I feel like this one, they nailed it. This one, I'm like... Okay, this makes it worth a full-priced video game. Whereas some other stuff, they don't do that. And I feel like this one existing makes that st- other stuff even more frustrating. Because Bowser's... Fury for me it was like a six hour game it was awesome and I totally think it makes the whole package worth it
1: yeah as someone who 100 uh, of it got every cat shine as it were the having this sort of like free movement obviously the entirety of Bowser's Fury doesn't live up to like one kingdom in Mario Odyssey in my opinion but the the fact that it's here in addition to 3D World is really great. And I had a lot of fun with Bowser's Fury. I honestly... The theory that I've been cooking in my head is that Bowser's Fury was a attempt, like an experiment for this kind of thing where you have this major enemy that can pester you through the whole game. It was an experiment to get that sort of system working and they're like okay well we put all this work into it we should release it in some way i know let's um we're doing this with some basic platforming or whatever let's just make it a 3d world thing and then we'll bundle it with 3d world and we can sell that like that's kind of what it feels like to me where there's a lot of work put into this as a sort of demo and then they beefed it out to be even better but then they're like okay well it's not going to be worth it's not gonna be its own thing. We gotta just tack it onto Three D World, and this is a better version of Three Three D World than the Wii U one. So, why not?
0: Yeah. No. Totally. It's it's pretty cool. Um, I will say just to get this out of the way, it uses the Three D World moveset Set and engine, and I do feel like that is a little bit of a hindrance. Um, like I said, with feeling like I wasn't able to hit jumps that I should have been, I feel like that carries over here too. Though the full f- Uh, 3d movement camera does help with that a lot um
1: except when it doesn't decide to work when you're giga cat bowser (laughs) or giga cat mario
0: yeah it Um, like locks
1: in weird ways so
0: yeah that did happen to me a couple times too um but yeah uh, overall i really enjoyed playing it it's um in structure it's it's kind of like like they say it's an open world game but it it's really like you travel to different 3D world levels. You know what I mean? Like, each eyelid basically feels like it could be a different level in 3D world. And you could just kind of travel to, like, oh, three of them will open up, and you can kind of just go to whatever one you want, and find collectibles, and just, like, platform to the end. And I think it's, overall, mostly pretty good. Um, the main gimmick here being that uh, you have Fury Bowser, who's kind of like Kaiju Bowser. Like, he's just a giant entity that hangs out in the middle of the map and every once in a while he'll wake up and just start attacking you Um, he'll breathe giant fire lasers at you Um, while he's attacking you like these stone platforms will fall from the sky that will kind of change the level a little bit give you more room to platform on make it actually easier in most cases i didn't find a hindrance at all Um, and then there are also like blocks that only bowser can destroy so you have to get him to shoot at you to destroy them Um, and he'll go away if you survive long enough, or if you find a, a cat shine, which are the collectibles here. Um, by the way, love the sunshine reference. And um, then he'll go away, and then you'll, you know, get like 10 minutes without him, and then he'll pop up again. And that structure is really fun. I really like it. It does, towards the end of 100%ing the game, it does get a little frustrating. There are all a couple shines that you have to... Either collect them when he's not around or when he is, and I did find waiting around to get pretty old. But
1: yeah, I would agree with that.
0: But for the most part, for you know, like 75% of the game, it was super enjoyable and super cool. Um, I don't have too many major like criticisms of it. I really enjoyed the experience. I hope this is sort of their like, I, I hope your theory is correct that this is sort of the template for a future open world Mario game because I think it works
1: yeah I would like to see more done with this um I also you know I felt like it was fun for the time that I spent there I don't feel like it should have been much longer and I think the main reason of that is the 3d world move (laughs) set you know it's no it's no Mario Odyssey and so there's a reason why I've played so much Mario Odyssey and not much more of this is because the moveset is just so much more fun. But honestly, if you've never played 3D World, I would say this is definitely a really good package. Bowser's Fury makes it a really great value. Um, definitely, I didn't feel like I my time or money was wasted with this one.
0: No, not at all. Um, oh, I will say, because I'm me, the photo mode is just okay in Bowser's Fury. I wish it was better. I, I think some of the controls, it's just a little limiting. And then in 3D world, the photo mode I think is absolutely terrible. I But you can put stickers on it. You can put stickers on it, but you can't adjust it. You can't move the camera. Like, like if the camera's locked in a level, so is the photo mode. So you can't get, like, you can't frame properly. It's so annoying. I have no idea why. Yeah, it feels well, like maybe it's, they were afraid a to let you look game. at the rest there's, of the level.
1: There's probably some stuff hidden back there that they won't, don't want you looking at. Yeah, that
0: sucks. <laughs> like, it's okay. Let, let us do it. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a shame, because I was kind of looking forward to that part of the game, and I feel like it let me down a bit. Um, but yeah, Bowser's Fury plus 3D World, I think it's really cool. Um I don't think 3D World is anything too special, but it's still a fun game if you're looking for a decent platformer. It it it's it's a good time. Anything we forgot there you want to mention? No, I think
1: we've spent long enough on our ramblings.
0: <laughs> oh. Uh shout out to Plessy. I love Plessy. Plessy's very Oh yeah, cute. Plessy's
1: great. Cat Plessy is also very good.
0: Uh I love How in in Bowser's Fury, when you're on Plessy, if you jump onto an island, uh, she just crashes through everything and destroys all the trees and all the blocks and stuff. Yeah, it's very
1: satisfying to do.
0: Alright, let's talk some news. Um, I kind of want to get this... There's some sad news. Uh, I want to get this out of the way. It would appear that Sony is restructuring Japan studio. Um... Which means they're laying off a bunch of people. And if you don't know, Japan Studio has been around since the PlayStation 1. They made things like Parappa the Rapper and Ape Escape back in the day. Um, As well as in modern times they helped and aided in development of Bloodborne and Last Guardian and things like that. So they're kind of really important to the lineage of PlayStation. It's a huge bummer to see this. Um, it seems like this is kind of part of a larger effort from Sony's case to sort of downscale the importance of development in Japan, which is upsetting, and I I don't know. I think it sucks. Um, it's a bummer. There's not a whole lot of positives here. Um, Team Asobi, who created Astro Bot, will still be around, so we'll probably get more Astro Bot games, but other than that, we're kind of... I feel like this is just one of those things where we're losing some creativity in the game space, and that's upsetting to me.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel that. The, um, someone pointed out the sort of just like a Westernization of the games industry, which I'm not huge on. Um, I don't. feel I mean, like I mean, it's Sony
0: that. has actively said that they are, like, their development is more centered around Europe now, um, basically. What's his face? Jim Ryan, we have a quote from him later on, took over. Um, a lot of that stuff is coming out of there. And it, it it makes sense, unfortunately, if you've been paying attention, Japan has not been buying PlayStations. So I get it, where they're coming from. That market is becoming less important to them. But it is super exciting because there's a lot of creativity over there. And I want to see those developers be able to make more games.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um... I am kind of glad that it doesn't completely kill Astrobot's possibility. I would like to see a full Astrobot game, but I didn't want it to have to be that.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, the other notable game, by the way, they made a Gravity Rush in recent times as well, which I know people were big fans of. Yeah, just a big shame. I, I It sucks. I hope those developers find somewhere new. You know, maybe band together make a cool indie studio make something i don't know it does pretty much kill ape escape which is so upsetting to me but whatever okay on to some happier news we got some new trailers we just thought we'd run through and mention you put uh these in here
1: yeah the first one that came out earlier this week was uh bomb rush Cyberpunk. super excited for this game it's the It's by Team Reptile, who did both Lethal League games previously. Um, They are doing a new uh, spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. And as a huge Jet Set Radio fan, this looks fantastic. Um, They even have the same composer as Jet Set Radio doing the soundtrack. So, very cool. new trailer is great. We'll put that in the episode description.
0: Yeah, as somebody Um, who's never played Jet Set Radio, but has played a lot of Tony Hawk, this looks rad as hell. I'm in. Like this totally looks like my shit. I want to play it.
1: Yeah, you need to play Jet Set Radio also. But, um, the other trailer that came out just a couple days ago, the for is for the System Shock remake. We got a new trailer. Um, it's still all stuff from the early parts of the game. They showed off some new enemies, um, and then you know just sort of atmosphere stuff. There's an earlier thing talking about how they made the enemies modular so that when they explode they have different chunks, which is always great. (laughs) Um yeah, I'm still super excited for this project. I know it has had troubles. It still probably will have troubles. Um the demo I wasn't super hot on, but still excited. Trailer looks cool. Um what do you think about system shock?
0: I'm nervous about it. I feel the same way you do, like it's gone through some development troubles. Um, to be clear, this is the remake too, not System Shock 3, which seems to have been cancelled. Um, uh, I did find an
1: article from April that said they were still going, from April of last year, that they said, uh oh, the we still got off. it.
0: Didn't Warren Spector or his whole team get like laid off? Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in that. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, maybe they find somebody else to make it, but Oof. I don't know System Shock it's something that like I've never played but I'm a huge Bioshock fan so this remake and the new one got me really excited about it because you know it's the spiritual successor um so but like all the news around it has been such a bummer um I hope this ends up good Night Die does good work they're developing this so um they also announced in see. this
1: trailer that if you pre-order the remake you get a free version of System Shock 2 enhanced edition well that's cool which is a new like tuning of system shock 2 i don't know what that entails i did play the original system shock 2 and thought it was fine it's not like system shock 1 enhanced edition which added the much needed mouse look because the original didn't have that um so i don't know what that entails but definitely interesting
0: yeah that's nice it's always nice um, when remakes include you know other versions too um yeah, that that's interesting. Um, I'm going to have to lean on you heavily for this one. This yeah, morning this one as we record... Yeah, this one is a
1: selfish inclusion.
0: <laughs> as we recorded um, this... I did watch it, though. I wasn't expecting to, but I did end up watching it. Um, we got a Pokemon Direct.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. You skipped over Pikmin. That's why I was worried. Oh,
0: apologies. I did. I totally did. Back to Pikmin. Sorry. Uh, sorry, know, Pokemon Pikmin- fans. Fuck off.
1: You wouldn't expect Pikmin. Um, no one expects Pikmin.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I, I skipped over Pikmin just like Nintendo.
1: <laughs> oh, so sad. Um, this came across in my radar. I thought it was worth mentioning. Um, Pikmin New Fortune, which is a fan-made mod of Pikmin Two that aims to be a full new Pikmin game. Um, they just had a official re- release reveal trailer. Um, just a couple days ago, and they've been working on it for a year now. I think it's still got some ways to go, but I'm very excited. a Huge Pikmin fan, so uh, Pikmin New Fortune. I'll put a link to their Twitter as well, and it looks great. Um, very excited. It was mainly a selfish inclusion here, but I came across this. It looks very very cool. Also worth noting. Our
0: show. You can do (laughs) it. There you go.
1: Um, The name Pikmin New Fortune is PNF, which is the name of the planet, PNF 404, so that was a cool nod I noticed as well, but um, check it out if you haven't, it looks very interesting.
0: Yeah, that's neat, Um, I have yet to play a Pikmin game, but I'm a big fan of these ROM hacks that basically are new games, I think that's always interesting and super cool. Okay, okay, Pokemon fans. Pokemon fans, are they still angry? Uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, P- Pokemon Direct. Um, so we got Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl remakes. Uh, those that's the first Yes game, yeah?
1: Yes, that came out in 2007.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, knowing nothing about Pokemon except, you know, the first generation, the f- I, my Pokemon knowledge ends with, like, the originals and sort of, like, I guess probably the first season of the anime. Um, so I won't be much help here. I will say this trailer, it's hella cute.
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, we definitely called it in our Nintendo Direct stuff. We knew that pick, uh, Pokemon would get its own Direct because the Pokemon likes to do that.
0: Um, I will say, if this stuff had been in the other direct, it would have been much better.
1: <laughs> well, if it's they had just they get to do it they I, want. I
0: know. But like, like this, the the next game would have been a, an amazing announcement. But you know, it, it worked here too.
1: Yeah. So, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are full remakes of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, which released for the DS in 2007. Um, I do like the art style they chose where they're these cute short little chibi characters for the overworld models and then they're tall like character portrait ones for the battle models um definitely keeps the original style of the pixel art that the pixel art did where they're the short chibi models and then the you know taller character portraits for the battles um it's kind of a different take compared to something like omega ruby and alpha sapphire where that just had like the same models for everything um but it kind of leans closer to the aesthetic that um let's go pikachu and eevee had where it has that sort of differing style to it um either way i think it looks super cool um i never played diamond and pearl so this will be a great way to play them nowadays so because um, believe it or not, old Pokemon games are really expensive.
0: Oh, man. Uh, I, I do believe it. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm way into this art style. It gives me uh, heavy Link's Awakening vibes. Um, probably not for me, unfortunately, unless they drastically lower the price. I don't think, I can't see myself spending full price for this. But the next game, as somebody who didn't think Pokemon was for me in my adult life, kind of got me a little excited i'm gonna be honest with you i'm i'm, I'm interested you want to yeah, kick this us one looks off looks really cool this looks cool as hell
1: uh this next reveal was pokemon legends arceus or arceus however you want to pronounce it um this is a open world pokemon game set also in the Sinnoh region the same place diamond and pearl takes place but like way in the past before Sinnoh was really established as like a um region where people lived (laughs) i guess so you're basically discovering the the land for the first time and exploring what pokemon live there and kind of what that's all about um it looks really cool what did you think of this trailer
0: uh this is the like i said this is the first time a pokemon thing has interested me since i was a child like i i'm i'm definitely going to keep my eyes on this um when We say open world, it is behind the back, yeah, like, like an Assassin's Creed game, it, or actually Breath of the Wild. It they straight up with this trailer, it looks like Breath of the Wild, <laughs> like they have the same shot with the character and the camera panning past them to look out over a field. <laughs> like okay, this is what you're doing. Um, it looks cool. I'm totally interested. I love the idea that this takes place in um, um, like sort of ancient this ancient uh, Japan inspired region. I think that's cool. I think that seems unique uh, compared to what I know of the series. I'm totally in on this one. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to put my theory hat back on, it seems like with Pokemon Sword and Shield that they had the Wild Area, which was this sort of behind the back third person like exploring areas, you would still then enter a turn-based battle and than to do the regular pokemon thing but i feel like that could have been just the experiment to make sure this game could function as its own thing um and it looks super cool like they show shots of the characters just throwing a pokeball at a pokemon that they just stumbled upon without entering a battle at all
0: Um, like hiding in the tall grass too
1: (laughs) there's like a dodge roll which means maybe pokemon will just come up and straight punch you like that's it seems really interesting. Um, it's one I'll keep say, my eyes on just as more development stuff comes out, but um, first impressions were very good.
0: Did I hear them? So, th- they showed turn-based battles, but I think in the commentary yes. they called it an action RPG, which seems wrong, but maybe if you are... If there's a dodge roll, then maybe there is some element of action to it.
1: Yeah, we don't know. We just don't know right now.
0: Um, yeah, I... This this what has me heavily intrigued. Um, Definitely one to keep my eye on personally. Um, It's also coming out early next year. So, like, these two Pokemon games are coming out right next to each other, basically, which is also interesting. I wonder, to me, that signifies, I think that first uh, remake was probably meant to come out last year and then it got delayed because of the pandemic, I bet. Um, If I'm just, you know, guessing, putting on my know my uh critical thinking skills here um and then this game would have come out fall this year but i don't know it's it's interesting i wonder if that runs them the day if that runs if that's if they're running in danger of having too much pokemon too oversaturated and too little of a time um then again it is pokemon fans right <laughs> so,
1: yeah it's probably gonna do fine
0: uh but yeah i'm this is the one for me i'm super interested Um, okay. So we talked about some negative Sony news. Let's talk about the positive stuff. Also, by the way, thank you to IGN for having a rundown of the uh, Pokemon Direct stuff. I could not find one, and it took me forever. Every time I Google Pokemon Direct recap, rundown, or whatever, it just gave me the stuff from the Nintendo Direct from last week. It was so annoying. So thank you to IGN. Um... Yes, so talk talk about the weird announcement of P- PSVR two. Weird but cool. Um, it's cool that it exists. It's weird how it was announced <laughs> with no trailer, no hardware reveal, just in an interview with uh, the uh, PlayStation's Jim Ryan. Yeah, um, I
1: didn't see this, but this came this came out like before the PlayStation state of play right
0: yes um so this is polygons reporting on i believe it was a gq interview but there were there was a couple things in that interview i think the state of play was actually mentioned there um as well as the next thing we're going to talk about so lots of stuff happened in there um which is interesting don't know why they would do it like that and not like i don't know put all this stuff in the state of play <laughs> whatever not them i guess um but But yeah, we didn't get a lot of details, Um, they said, quote, dramatic leaps in performance and interactivity, and an even greater sense of uh, presence, okay, it's new hardware, so you'd hope it would be better, I guess. Um, I know a lot of people are excited about new controllers inspired by the DualSense, Um, I think the most negative thing I hear about the PSVR currently is that the Move controllers are terrible. So. That's probably a good thing. they were designed for the
1: PS3 back in, what, 2007? Yeah, so so
0: it's like, you know, 10-plus-year-old motion control technology. So I get it. Um, And then he also said it will only have one cord, which I hear is another big problem with the current one. It's just a mess, so that's nice. And he also clarified it will not launch this year. I'm happy to see Sony continue to support VR.
1: Yeah, especially since... It doesn't seem like Microsoft has any, like, interest in doing that for their console. And it's, like, prohibitively expensive for PC. Not saying that this won't be, but... I mean, I am interested in PSVR, have been in a while, but, you know, having a new one for the new consoles might get me there.
0: Yeah, it's it's exciting. Um, I still have yet to experience VR, but I'm afraid to, because I'm afraid it will make me sick but yeah I, i'm glad this is a thing that's happening i you're right microsoft doesn't seem to be interested in it um i guess nintendo experimented with labo if you can call that vr <laughs> um they tried i guess but yeah so they're kind of the only console maker invested in it um which might be why they're doing it because they have almost no competition right so it makes sense um they seem to fund some really cool games including AstroBot. so interesting um we'll save this one for last let's talk about PlayStation Plus games real quick here uh, via the PlayStation blog it's just the PlayStation Plus games for next month will be Final Fantasy Remake baquette Revenant from the Ashes, and Farpoint important to note Farpoint is a VR game so that's cool and maquette is a ps5 game
1: and also important to note that with the state of play announcing the final fantasy 7 remake upgrade to ps5 this ps plus version uh, won't have that yes so you won't be able to upgrade the ps plus version to the ps5 version you would have to buy the game again to do that but if you buy the game then you can get the Yuffie DLC on PS5. So, you know it's like you either play the PS4 version on a PS5. I'm guessing that still works. You just don't get the patch. Yeah. Um. So it's it's weird timing, but I mean, hey, if it's if you if you never played it, then you might as well play it here. It's it's worth it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's a great game. Um, I. <laughs> It does make sense that you're not going to get the upgrade with this. I um, I did something you shouldn't do, which was look at the Twitter comments. Um,
1: oh, yeah, de- never look
0: at the Twitter but comments. But the one thing it did tell me that I think is enlightening and why this won't work with the upgrade is I saw people and they were like, Hey, I bought this a month ago for full price. What the fuck? So I do get why they would, you know, maybe uh, make sure if you bought it, you got something from that because i do get why that would be frustrating so you know i i get it but if you've never played it and you didn't have an intention of buying it this is a fine version i thought it ran fine on ps4 it's you know not 60 but like it It still still looks phenomenal yeah totally maquette is new it's a new video game this month it looks rad um first person puzzle game it it looks really cool um i had you yeah i just watched a trailer for
1: it and it looks extremely unique. I was getting some vibes of like the way I felt the first time I played The Witness where it was very unique and very beautiful, um, but it seems to incorporate gameplay elements of like super liminal, you know, that sort of like um, perspective shifting or like size changing stuff. It's not exactly that. It's its own thing, but it definitely has that vibe to it. So if you liked both of those, definitely give it a look at.
0: Yeah, seems really cool um i've heard nothing but good things about revenant from the ashes it's I, i've heard it described as third person shooter dark souls um so that's cool i'm glad that's free and farpoint also i've heard good things about that's a psvr exclusive game it used that weird gun um that oh, the dildo gun. Gun? yeah the dildo gun but i don't think it requires it so so that's that's neat to see um also need to see them giving away more vr games this is also um a month where they've given away four games where as the standard has been three for the past couple months and i do think and i think we'll save this conversation for later um this falls into my theory that sony is slowly trying to make playstation plus like better because they are slowly without saying so wanting to compete with game pass but they still don't want to invite that direct comparison Because even with these four games, it's still not as good. But I think that they're slowly being like, hey, look, it's even more valuable. We're putting new games up. Uh, Next month, Oddworld is going to be free at launch. And that was initially advertised as kind of a full PS5 game. So, like, they're making interesting choices with that. Um, And that's good because we get a bunch of cool games out of it.
1: Yeah, I think this next story might actually play into that really well.
0: Um. Yes, another exciting story. Unless you're a weirdo, <laughs> more PlayStation, uh, more PlayStation games are coming to PC. Yay, yay! Uh, I pulled this from The Verge, but I think it also comes from that same interview with Jim Ryan. Um, the only thing really of note here is uh, Days Gone is coming first, and that's some at some point this spring. I think that game will be will do very well on PC. Um, as i said on twitter i can't wait for people to mod the zombie hordes to all be little tiny thomas the tank engines that will be very fun Um, yes yeah i i am super excited about this i pulled a, a quote from the verge story from jim ryan um where he said we find ourselves now in early 2021 with our development studios and the games that they make in better shape than they've ever been before Particularly from the latter half of the PS4 cycle, our studios made some wonderful, great games. This is an opportunity to expose these great games to a wider audience and recognize the economics of game development, which are not always straightforward. The cost of making games goes up with every cycle, as the um, blah, blah, blah. oh, as the caliber of IP has improved. Uh, so I, that says it, that says it all, basically. Game development's getting more expensive. They want to be able to sell their games to more people. This just makes sense. Um, I don't think we'll ever see day and date new releases on PC, but I think games that are a year plus old, I bet we see those start to come over more often. Which, hey, it's only a good thing, right? I I think more people getting to experience games without having to buy expensive hardware is super exciting. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, you'd have to invest in a good PC, but um i think this kind of also plays into that being the them wanting to sort of compete with xbox's game pass because game pass for pc has been a thing so i'm not saying we'll get like the sort of subscription service that game pass is from playstation but just sort of capturing that extra little bit of the market with um bringing their exclusives to pc um i feel like that's kind of that way where hey it worked for microsoft they brought their exclusives over to pc but their consoles are still doing well so we'll go ahead and you know start putting out some of our old games um which i mean i think i'm i'm totally fine with it i think games are great and the more people that can play them with what they have is great the um pc players are just getting a better deal the more this happens so Yep. Um yeah, I mean I think it's super cool that Always Great to See Studios branch out and get more people playing it.
0: Absolutely. Um I I also think it works as marketing for them, right? They put out Days Gone and then in a couple of months maybe they announce Days Gone 2, right? And then all those PC people have played Days Gone and maybe they want to play Days Gone 2, but they know Days Gone 2 won't be available on their platform for a couple of years, so maybe go invest in a PS5, right? I think it. I think it's the kind of thing where it's kind of a win-win for them, so. Yeah. Why not? Um, anything you personally are hoping to see ported to PC? Um, I've got one, but is there anything you? Uh,
1: um, I'm thinking specifically. I want to see Bloodborne on PC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, People I know want that Bloodborne some... on
0: new platforms <laughs> desperately. Yeah,
1: the. I heard Bloodborne had some like frame issues and whatever, and this was on just like the base PS4. So, getting it on PC, I mean, look at what the community has done with the original release, original PC release of Dark Souls, the Prepare to Die edition, which was just garbage in terms of PC ports. Like, the community made that way better. I can't wait to see what people get. Um, what happens when people get their hands on Bloodborne on PC? um plus maybe that'll give me another excuse to actually try to play that
0: so i will say that one unfortunately i wonder if that one's that's a harder path to port because playstation studios did not make that game japan studio helped which of course now they're shutting down (laughs) um that's a from software game so does from software have any interest in porting it that's the real question with that one
1: Um, i believe from software would i think the main Hold up was that it was a Sony published game as a PlayStation exclusive. So, if given the opportunity, I think FromSoft would be all over that.
0: Okay. Um, so, I do think we have been giving some little hints as to what games will get ported over. I think the games that we're seeing get PS5 patches will, because Days Gone did get a PS5 patch. Um, and recently, so did God of War. So, I think we'll probably see that next. Which, again, would make sense if that sequel is coming out this year or early next year. Yeah, why wouldn't you do it, right? Um, Get
1: more fans of God of War and then sell them. You have a bigger audience to sell to.
0: To sell Ragnarok too. So, yeah, it just makes sense. Personally, I think Dreams desperately needs a PC release. <laughs> oh, my God, Could you PC. imagine? That, that needs to happen. Um, I mean, it also needs a PS5 release, but it needs more power. I think, to to help. And just a wider audience. Um,
1: Well, that game is so like pointer-based that having a mouse would be great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, It also, you know, hopefully it has cross-saves so you can, you know, go between... Well, actually, I wonder if that would hold it back because it would have to work with the PS4 version as well. So maybe not. I don't know. That's an interesting conundrum, actually. Um, But yeah, it needs more power, that game. And yeah, you're right, uh, mouse and keyboard also support would also be nice. Um, it's a, it's an amazing tool, so I'd really like to see more people get a hold of it. I think, unfortunately, PS4, it was not marketed very well and it didn't sell super well, so I'd love to see that get in a second chance. Um, yeah, port more games to PC. I'm also uh, looking at you, Nintendo. <laughs> you're the last one. <laughs>
1: I'm still on my crusade to bully Nintendo into putting their soundtracks on Spotify. <laughs> um, we just got the Final Fantasy Seven remake soundtrack on Spotify, that's great. Nintendo, please. I'm begging please.
0: you. Yes. Um, just make your games available. I I I am against exclusives. I get why they exist to, you know, make your platform appearing appealing, but you know, after a year plus, two years plus, like you probably got all the sales you're plus. gonna get out of that one, so let other people play it. Hell, you can put it for full price on other platforms and probably make a lot of money. Like I don't know, do it, you cowards. Um. Yeah, I think is there anything? Oh, we are just so we so you know we are aware of the BlizzCon stuff. That's kind of neither our that's not our bag really. Um. So we kind of didn't really report on that um i will say we didn't put it in here as a full story but tony hawk's coming in next gen that's cool I, and switch and switch yes uh i am a little disappointed that this one does require a paid upgrade activision why that sucks but other than that i am excited for it hey um, you
1: can just um buy the switch version <laughs> play yeah. it on the go
0: i uh well you know, i want it uh, on my uh my dual sense so I can feel Tony Hawk grind all over my hands. What? Uh <laughs> also can't wait is... to feel the suck in Crash Four.
1: Oh god. This is going from bad to worse.
0: <laughs> um yes. Uh anything else do you want to talk about before we close it out here?
1: Uh nope. I think just next week will be um Sonic 6 I mentioned this a couple times. Not I would say I was excited, but I mean, it's Sonic 6. I'm not thrilled, but that will be the I'm next excited. episode.
0: We have a recorded I'm excited this to episode to talk about yet. it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Um I will say last week we did a large topic. We want to do more of those. We just the ones we have in mind require research and I personally have not had a lot of time lately, so it just hasn't uh come about yet. So, you know, expect those later on. Um If you look back in the feed, check out our Shadow the Hedgehog episode that was uh, uh, a week ago. I'm very proud of that one. It was very fun. Um, If you would like to hear our thoughts on the Nintendo Direct and the State of Play, we did reaction episodes to those. I suppose you could go listen to the prediction episodes if you want, even though those are hilariously outdated at this point. Um, But those are there as well. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, we are SavestationPod. And Connor, where can the people follow you for your updates?
1: Um, You can follow me at ConiferSSR. Um, you know, just posting whatever. I've been liking a lot of the Pikmin stuff, so if that's what you're into. Um, where can they find you?
0: You can find me at DustinHDragon on Twitter. And... Yeah hope you enjoyed it as always if you'd like to leave your feedback we're available on twitter um i i will say we've asked for feedback before and have got nothing so like uh i will say my dms are open so if you don't feel comfortable doing that on twitter that's totally fine you can well you're more than welcome to dm me um so yeah and that includes feedback by the way on the structure of the show literally anything we're we we welcome it um So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to be good to each other.
1: Yeah, and take care.
0: Feel the suck. Oh, good lord.